It's Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt, and that's Ryan. Ryan, you say love is a hell you cannot bear. I say give me mine back and then go there for all I care. Matt, what a cool thing to pretend. What a cunning way to condescend. <laughs> uh, if you recognize those, uh, those lyrics, then, then you're definitely a 90s kid. That's what the BuzzFeed listicle told me anyway. <laughs> those are lyrics from Fiona Apple's debut album, Title, uh, released in 1996. And uh, by the way, if you are listening to this podcast on the day, uh, Fiona, if you are listening to this podcast <laughs> on the day it was released, happy 40th birthday to Fiona Apple today, September 13th. 2017. Uh, and thank you for your album title, which has been a pleasure to revisit over the past week as we have prepared for this episode. So um, this was this was definitely a big album of my teenage years. I don't know, Ryan, if it was the same for you. It was a big series of MTV videos of my teenage years. I didn't own the album, um, but but the the singles all absolutely resonated with me um and 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 very much connected um and then kind of stayed on my on my radar and actually the 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 uh, Fiona Apple album that I actually have listened to the most of all of them, I guess out of all four, um, is the most recent one, The Idler Wheel, um, which uh, came out about five years ago, I think, now in, in 2012, uh, which was one of my favorite albums of that year. Um but so it's been great to revisit uh, revisit this album, and uh, we had um, a, a occasion uh, to revisit it even a little earlier in the year because we got we both got vinyl copies from our vinyl of the month club that we both belong to, uh, and this was I think the first vinyl release of the album, right? Because this was firmly in the CD era, so it was a time where the, the vinyl was thought to be absolute uh, or obsolete. Absolutely obsolete, uh, and and so it's now it was on vinyl for the first time earlier this year, and so that was a first chance to give it quite a bunch of spins. Um, and then this was uh, this this preparing for this podcast was another uh, another chance. Well, yeah, I mean the, it's interesting. The yeah, it and it's a um, it's a forty five. It's the the kind of the <laughs> yeah. pre- the pressing that we got the uh, limited edition whatever it is for for. The this final of the month club um, is a 45. So I actually put it on uh, the first time without realizing that yeah, and started yep. listening to the, like these, you know, the, the drums of, um, what is it? Sleep to dream the, the opening yep. track, uh, which begins with this sort of beat, uh, this beat. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was so funny. Cause it was like, wow, this is trippier than I remember yeah, it being. Yeah. And then she came in singing like this. And I realized that, that, you know, in fact we had, uh, uh, in fact, I'd screwed it up anyway. It's a, yeah, it's a, you, you chopped, you chopped and screwed it up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be particular. Um, but you know, that I, I did the exact same thing. And yet that heaviness and slowness um, sticks with me every time I listen to the album. And even even at normal speed, it comes in so heavy and kind of so 
like slower than you expect, right? And uh, and and really gives the album and gives the opening of the album this weight and this heft. And, and I think we'll we'll definitely talk about Sleep to Dream because it's it's such a strong and memorable start to the album. Um, and it's just it's just such a beat. Uh, and it was apparently I've read somewhere that it was a song that was a major inspiration point to Kanye West of all people. <laughs> uh, and and there is a sense in which I was listening to this and it feels like it should or could easily be sampled for a rap song or covered by like drum or or frank ocean or solange right that that it kind of kicks off the album in a very almost you know premonition of prog r&b um among among and and it ends up hitting a number of other kind of genres and styles um but the 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 beats i think are one of the things that really are surprising and made it stand out from other kinds of um, of, of singer songwriter music of the uh, of, of that kind of this this period of the late of the late nineties. This title with its beat with its beat driven songs is it dance music? Yeah, I mean it, you you I mean you. Well, uh, so I mean, yeah. Like, let me tell you, like I, you know, my as a as a like an artsy child, right? I went to a lot of dance classes as I was like a theater kid. You know, I did yeah. a lot of like, so I did a lot of you know uh, contemporary ballet combinations to Shadow Boxer. I did mm-hmm. a lot of stretching and like you know. Um, deep plie and things like this to uh uh never is a promise right like it's a very um so it is it is dance music and that you can yeah. have dance class to it yeah it's AD, it's adm it's acoustic dance music right? <laughs> there you go i like adm proto prog r and b um so yeah it, it's it's strange i mean the encounter it, if you haven't listened to it in a while or you've never listened to it, I feel like going into it, my encounter with it was strange in a, in a great way, right? Like, because it was sort of surprising and it's, it, I, I know it very well. Um, and, you know, so it was like kind of revisiting an old friend, but like in the context of, of what we do, like, uh, you know, TFT is always kind of recontextualizing all of my listening by, because there's just, we do so much, uh, more focused listening than we would probably do absent this podcast. And so like going back, I think there are a number of kind of weirdnesses about, about this album that, or, or things that like to a contemporary listener who listens to current music will, will strike you as unique or extraordinary. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, I, just in terms of the kind of persona that's projected, um, the way it's, this is still like, actually like (laughs) among many things that it shares with the Spice Girls record, uh, is that like, not everything is auto-tuned to death. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This, uh, the Spice Girls. The other, the other thing it shares is girl power. Right? <laughs> uh, sullen, sullen girl power. Right. Um, the uh, yeah, she was she like Alanis. Uh, Fiona Apple was nineteen when she when this came out, uh, and Alanis was maybe a little older, but was also like a kid performer. Uh, you know, like yeah. very very young um, when this record came out, and that was uh, you know I think that was sort of part of the. I think that was that was 
probably part of the like the marketing attraction a little bit right because there's like a kind of a uh there's like i don't know maybe a a sexy teenager sort of vibe like britney spears like and when to the extent that that she kind of plays with that expectation or Mm -hmm. with that sort of marketing message i think is an interesting uh thing um yeah and, the, and, and well, the oh, yeah. the video of criminal for criminal is like I feel like the um it's the kind of dark and seedy hit me baby one more time right, right? Um, it's and, a, it's, yeah it's like hit me baby one more time no actually hit me I deserve it you know it's, the, the, it's, yeah but well, it, and it just feels like you know I remember watching this and it, it was like the the later stages of parties that uh, the high school parties I was never invited to <laughs> right you know that the, there's all of these kinds of you know. She's in her underwear. She's kind of curled up in um, in closets and and in 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 um, in rec rooms. I mean, it's like every corner of a kind of suburban house um, in in modes that uh, I uh, could only imagine as a as a you know late middle school early early high schooler. Um, and and so yeah, I think that that is is absolutely there. And 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 she kind of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> patriarchy is sexy, right? I mean, it, no, it's but it is this. It's this thing, right? Where it is, it, it is this. Yeah, it's. I mean, that we, we we should talk more about the the video because it is this. It it's like on the one hand, it is both this kind of provocative statement, and it's also just so. I just it's again just so situated in nineties teenagerdom, in like a in in the elements of the faction fashion, um, and in like the look and feel of it, and it, it has a little elements of kind of um kind of indie art film as well, right? Um, and so it was. It is very much there. Um, and is again, you know, you know, turning into the fact that she is turning 40, you know, puts her within, you know, five years of me, um, and, and just a couple of years of you. Right. So this is, um, Jeez, rub, all- rub it in. Why don't you? <laughs> old man <laughs> dad <laughs> yeah i'm fiona and you're dad and i'm out of here it's funny uh, where, where have i heard that before um the uh all right let's let's give everybody a chance to listen uh listen to the record because uh our listeners have not listened to the record until we give them permission to that's uh that's what we uh <laughs> that's the the kind of bond that we have with you as podcast hosts here so go go encounter the deeply ironically provocatively sexy Fiona Apple uh you know curled up in her curled up in the closet uh in her underwear on so at least certain moments of of this album uh listen to the kind of surprising heavy beat listen to the uh the uh various kinds of self presentation which actually seem seem sort of dated uh at this point um and and kind of you know wrap your hands around whatever this uh whatever this album is and whatever it means to you we'll be here uh when you come back right after this world from our commercial sponsor are, uh, are you looking to stream some music? Yeah, I totally, I totally am because, like, uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, it used to be the days of CDs, then it was the days of, of vinyl again, but uh, I, I'm ready for music I can take with me on my phone. 
Excellent. I bet while you do that, you want it to both be high quality and also supporting some of your favorite artists, I, like Jay, like Jay Z, for uh, instance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've. Uh, I mean, I've heard things about like Spotify, but I won't get it because uh, because you know I hear they are exploitative and take money out of the the pockets of my favorite artists, like Jay Z, for instance. That's right. So if you like to support artists like Jay-Z, for instance, why not subscribe to Tidal, the, uh, the, the music streaming service owned and by Jay-Z and many other musicians? Well, so, so I, could, could I get uh, music that I can't hear anywhere else by my favorite artists like Jay-Z, for instance? Why, why yes, you could, in fact, hear the album 444 by Jay-Z. <laughs> wow. Uh and and nowhere else. Thanks. Thanks title. I'm uh I feel like the tide's coming in. And it's going out. <laughs> title. Support Jay-Z. Please. Please support Jay-Z. Please. Please support Jay-Z. And we're back. Uh do we have questions? I don't really have any questions about this album. I feel like I know everything about it. <laughs> um you know, I I I I feel like I had one and then and then it kind of just slipped away from me. Uh it like as just as as Carrion kind of slips away uh into in, in the instrumentals, um that that it, it drifted away from me uh as well. Well I, I guess yes, I, I do have a question though. I, I do. Um you know, kind of apropos our discussion uh, uh, at the beginning, you know, this, this title, is it a teen pop album? (laughs) Um, sort of, I mean, yeah, a qualified yes is the answer to the, to the question. It's, it's sort of a teen pop album. It's certainly a teen album. Um, right. Uh, whether it's a pop album, I think is the point of equivocation that I might have with that, uh, you know, with that description because it's, it's, it's empirically pop, right? It was, it was popular, right? Uh, (laughs) I suppose, but it's, it is in an old, it's in one of the things about it that I think is so remarkable is it's probably because of the piano, um, because of the very, very tight. Uh, songwriting construction like that that is very pop but it's almost more like it almost goes back to like tin pan alley it's a teen pan alley album (laughs) (laughs) well and then and then the other kind of way station then that kind of is is, that feels connected to that kind of pop songwriting um uh, is is brill building and carol king who was kind of a brill building refugee right Right. and 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 i feel like there's definitely a um you know this is a a 90s tapestry right Um, (laughs) uh in, in in a way right and again i think that the both the piano and some of the sonics are that, uh, as well as at least some of the lyrical themes um, and the way they're they're situated in their moment, right? Car- uh, tapestry in kind of Laurel Canyon in, in the seventies, um, and uh, and and title in in this is this period of the late nineties. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, the, uh, some, something about it, like to me, like it shares, it shares with title that sort of tight songwriting construction, but it, 
it it diverges a little bit from title. Like I I feel like or from tap- tapestry and title. You, you're saying um, oh sorry but- tapestry and title. Yeah, both start with T. But I was actually also thinking of Jagged Little Pill a little mm-hmm. bit because yep. like so Jagged yep. Little Pill is another another album. I, I mean I feel like Jagged Little Pill in its conception is a little more shaggy than this i mean like this like this album is just really tight and the the uh the um you know, by which I don't mean slick, glossy, or overproduced. I just mean well-crafted. And the craftsmanship, mm. the kind of the well-craftedness of Jagged Little Pill is more shaggy. But it is a, you know, a, a woman of about, you know, of a, about the age of Fiona Apple and, and also kind of talking in a very personal way and sort of cutting through, uh, you know, um, social roles and uh, you know almost protesting certain things or sort of speaking truth to power in mm. in a certain way you can kind of think you know you can kind of conceptualize of the artistic project uh the social artistic project as being you know in broad spro- strokes similar but the thing about carol king and the thing about alanis morissette is that they both like got ground up by the pop sausage factory first uh alanis as mm. a as a mm-hmm. like a canadian mm-hmm. teen yeah. pop star and carol king as a as a brill building songwriter before she yeah. became a like a folk a folk singer songwriter you know that's and, that's very interesting well and then one other point of this kind of trajectory that is another case of exactly this kind of example is um is tori amos right and Tori Amos uh, also and, and yeah also right uh was you know uh first asked the question why can't Tori read um to which the resounding no one answered that question there's um, yeah I mean that that uh that record actually I feel like she was interviewed so Tori Amos just released um a record and uh called Native Invader just in the last uh, I guess like uh last Friday it came out and and so I've had it on loop with with Fiona Apple, which has sort of been an interesting uh, an interesting juxtaposition. But she was interviewed around doing the publicity for Native Invader, and and th- was asked about why can't Tori read? And you know because the the interviewer like you know I don't know Tori Amos has not so much a fandom as like a cult, and everyone has why can't Tori read? Um, and uh, they were talking about the uh, they were talking about the um, you know some of the songs and like well you know really the songs are good and like maybe it's time for a reissue of that and and tori didn't rule it out so like it might be time huh. for a reissue of of uh of why can't tori read anyway uh but it's just it, there's another case of being kind of ground up by the pop sausage factory before releasing this much more kind of defiant statement right yeah, the, the sort of hair metal sausage factory maybe in that case but like yes absolutely and and that so the interesting thing about about title and what I'm, the thing I've been struggling to articulate just now is like it's almost like the Fiona Apple's gift is for cutting cutting straight to the chase, right? Like hmm. not doing the hmm. bullshit, like getting to the point where she can have this, uh, you know, um, she can have this agonized relationship with uh, the music business, with patriarchy, with fame, without ever having had a music career or fame yeah. or anything, right? Like, and can just cut, cut right into that. It's it's remarkable. Uh, it's what you me. get when you grow up in New York, right? Like, it's, I guess it's so, like the- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little being a little flip, but there is a little bit of that. I mean, I know the the kids 
um, that I knew in college that that were from New York seemed and 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 from LA to an extent, but who were from these big cities. I think especially the New York kids had this kind of um, you know kind of a worldliness about them that I I did not as an eighteen year old. Again, it's the it's the Gossip Girl kids a little bit. And granted, I think she was um, you know from the she would not have been from the right side of Manhattan uh, as as uh, uh, Blair Waldorf at all. But that there is that kind of the the kinds of concerns and knowledge um, and world weariness of the gossip girl teens is kind of here as well, right? Um, and so so it's 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 teen, but that is qualified in that it is both the, the like the the concerns are both teenage and also mature. Um, and the song is, and and the and it is pop with an asterisk in that the songs are pop songs. Both you know again many of them became popular and and you know criminal I think was written because the label said they wanted a single and she wrote it you know from what I've read in about forty five minutes right just to show she's like yeah I can I can write pop songs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right, and so so it is it is pop, but kind of even indie in its popness, or kind of asserting uh, um, uh, independence in its its popness. So right, so that there are these. It is it is teen pop, but in ways that break and recontextualize both teen and pop. Yeah, there, uh, there, and it's 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 very like criminal in in particular is like very very ironic. At like almost yeah. like two or three levels deep, you know, uh, you know, mirrors, you know, mirrors within mirrors, right? Like, I, uh, your dog, I heard you like some iron. I heard you like irony, so I put some irony in your irony so that you can scoff at the system while you're scoffing at the system, right? Well, let's, let's, let's jump in. We're if we're if we're there. Let's uh, let's do it. I, I mean, ga- I know, guess so. Yeah, it's, I was... I know it's, it's not it's not traditional to start talking about songs any any sooner than forty five minutes into an episode, but you know. Uh, there's it's there's always a new there's the every every uh, episode is the uh, an opportunity for a fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Le- uh, okay. Well, I mean, sure. Let's let's talk about criminal, right? Like the the I think that there's there are like at least three levels to it. One is. Um, I'm going to put in, in to the show notes, a, a memoir, um, a link to the Wikipedia page for a memoir that I read when I was a, a teenager in the nineties and it's in its, uh, uh, hardcover release, uh, by a writer named Elizabeth Wurzel. Um, and, uh, the, the memoir is called Prozac Nation. And if you look at the cover of, of this, it could, uh, just in terms of the self-presentation, the, uh, you know the self presentation the the just the aesthetic the nineties aesthetic of it right like um is uh so so totally totally with uh what you know what fiona apple is mm-hmm. you know is doing aesthetically in this and and this this is a memoir of sort of uh, this is a memoir of mental illness, a memoir of depression and, and of treatment with psychiatric drugs and the kind of the, the ups and downs of the, uh, the writer's personal experience, um, personal experience with that uh, and and sort of coming coming of age, I suppose, through through this. And like um, and I think there is like a basic level of criminal that is uh, that is about a real uh, that is about a real 
level that a real level of his experience of sort of feeling feeling actually accused feeling falsely accused you know uh yeah. feeling um put upon like feeling rightly or wrongly like you've done something wrong for existing or or uh you know or you know just kind of living your life um right. that that and that that like uh that's let's call that sort of a base right let's call that a base reality Right. Then, then there is a sort of next level reality, which is like a sort of acknowledgement that this is not, um, uh, that this is not accurate. <laughs> right. The, the right that, that, and I think in some of the irony of like, uh, it's a sad, sad world where a girl will break a boy just because she can like sort of the, the describing a, a power dynamic that is, you know, so, uh, almost like an, an emo, almost like a kind mm. of emo fever dream or something like that. Like of, you know, bad, uh, bad women and, um, uh, you know, bad, like man eating women and, and poor, delicate, poor, delicate boys. <laughs> right, right. 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 Um, a third level, I think, is the the kind of the the sexy level, right? Uh, the sort of I've done wrong and I want to suffer for my sins, like whips and chains kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of level for it, where there's a uh, there's a, a sort of self presentation as a like uh, you know as a sort of sadomasochistic um, emotional situation where like the you know oh boy we're going to sort of enjoy this sexy sexy suffering and then mm-hmm. and then i think there's like a i think there's like a, a fourth ironic level where um a little bit it's like uh it's a little bit it's like uh jenny humphrey's album of the uh, jenny humphrey's music video the the taylor momsen music video <laughs> right. where the right. the right. like two girls in bikinis are making out on the beach in a pile of money and after like after sort of three or four cutbacks to this scene as it progresses they hold up a sign that says like is this what you want to see right like so it's like is this what you want yeah. to see this sort of like yeah. uh you know um the, this uh uh wounded right uh suffering from suffering from misogyny uh right uh in you know ready to suffer for your pleasure you know sex object kind of thing and and like is is this what you want to see and just to me like um I, I don't know. To me, it's it's very deeply. Uh, I, I don't know. It's I I find yeah, a lot. I by, find by, a lot by in watching it, you know? by watching the video. You are complicit in the male gaze, right? Like, um, and because it is like it is like it is like it's like because like it's like yes, you are like there. It is kind of um, there is this like kind of. Uh, like it is it, it's kind of enticing you to do this and then she stares back at you yeah like you know, right and so uh the you know there's a there's a responding female gaze uh at, at certain points where it's like i saw you i saw you watching my music video <laughs> um, right i think the relevant shot in the in the criminal music video at least to this point is is a point of view shot uh like in a hot tub Yep, with the feet where the foot 
like it's you know and the camera is where the head of the the male uh mm-hmm. viewer would be right mm-hmm. and you can see uh, it's a point of view shot from a man's point of view and his feet are sticking into the frame up against Fiona Apple and he like yep. strokes his, her face with yep. his foot and yep. right that's you as a you know as a viewer um and a little bit i mean right this is this is kind of crystallizing now the sense that i have of this it's it's uh talking about it's it's talking about the kind of the double bind the kind of the the yep. double bind that she's in as a as a uh media figure or maybe just as a woman without even because she wasn't even famous at this point like it the you know you get exactly you get you give the people exactly what they want right mm-hmm. like you give the you give the like the dominant male uh point of view exactly what it's asking for uh in terms of like you know, uh, uh, submissive, sexy sex symbols and, and things like this. And, uh, and you get blamed for it at the same, at the same yep. time, right? Like, uh, it's not a, it's not a double standard, right? Like, uh, it, in a double standard, at least there's a success condition. It's not fair, <laughs> right. but at least right. there's a success condition. Uh, in a double bind, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I feel like this is, this is the, um, you know, the, this is the the uh, thing that's that's going on in criminal. And when she says, um, uh, "He's all I ever knew of love," I mean, there are two things about that line. One is that, like, well, that may not actually be love. Like, he's all I ever knew of love is mm-hmm. like I need to be redeemed to the one mm-hmm. I sinned against because he's all I ever knew of love. Um, like, this is not necessarily he had an accurate picture of love and showed it to me. Right, uh, right. It's like you know. Uh, uh, the one I've sinned against, you know, is all I ever knew of love. So, like my my perspective was limited by the by the perspective of this uh, this sort of sexist figure. And the other thing is like new. It's in the past tense, and like this this sort of opens up a new time dimension, like which is now mm-hmm. or the future, in which I know better. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and sort of creates that kind of ironic distancing, that sense of sort of two worlds, a, a, a purported and an actual world. Well, and and it, and it also then kind of um, it, it kind of destabilizes the like the need to be redeemed and the nature of the sin, right? That those it, it then on the one hand it it kind of you know the the kind of service level service says yes, oh I I did such a bad thing, um, and yet the kind of all I never ever knew of love kind of pulls the rug out underneath that a little bit, um, and 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 kind of points that there's hyperbole there, right? Um, and and it's just like, oh, oh, please forgive me, oh, please, you know, my king, uh, my lord, right? Um, and, 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 and 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 by by doing that, right, then it deflates it, right? Um, and again, it goes also back to like the sad, sad world. Oh, it's so sad. This girl just breaking. The- boy yeah how hard um, it, yeah how hard how hard it is to be uh to be a uh you know emo 90s dude that just also like point out that in in the chorus it conflates two discourses a, a like a legal uh social discourse yeah. and yeah. a um 
and yeah. a religious discourse, right? What I need is a good yeah, defense because yeah, yeah. I'm feeling like a criminal. Um, and that, that's oh. interesting. It's not I've been accused of a crime or it's not I've done something bad. I've been caught. I've been arrested, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever that could be. I'm feeling yeah, like yeah, a criminal, right? So that yeah, the, yeah, level, yeah, yeah. the level of the offense is, A, it's emotional, and B, it's like it's an assumption that I'm making, right? And, right. and the um, I need to be redeemed to the one I've sinned against is a religious is a religious discourse but there is a third uh sort of occult discourse here and it's it's a commercial discourse right because to be redeemed literally means bought you know or like traded in or right it's a commercial it's a a, a coupon is right to be to be a coupon but please redeem me (laughs) and that's that's like and this is actually i the first time i really ever got this was in college when i took a class about early christianity and the um uh the particular teacher who was who was teaching it uh tried to sort of make strange these things like how weird it would have been for early christians to say they had been redeemed because they were literally saying they had been bought right and there was like Mm. a lot of literal translation Mm. things like things like this and this was actually like the discourse of early christianity right like jesus buys you he sort of like claims you you know um and that this like i need to be redeemed uh to the one i've sinned against is a little bit like i need to be bought by the or i need to be claimed by right i need to be traded in it's it's a commercial Mm. transaction it's a Mm. it's a uh it's transactional um right rather than religious or uh legalistic and that like um this this really you know it collapses very economically in you know one five four or five lines of um uh of the course here uh that uh you know all those kind of levels of irony that we were talking about i mean i I think that that's very interesting because like i think that's the idea of then because there's another kind of um idea in the song is of being kind of damaged goods right and 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 so the being redeemed is also being like you say being claimed or being kind of traded in or something right and it's there in uh, one of the pre-courses right where it's the uh, i've got to cleanse myself of all these lies till i'm good enough for him um right and then it's right i've got a lot to lose and i'm betting high um so i'm begging you before it ends just tell me where to begin right and so this um idea of being kind of like you said commodified um and kind of transacted um in in that way and and trying to kind of it's like this kind of they're they're, they're kind of there's a a um, like emotional relationship capital, right? <laughs> that is being kind of replenished or depleted. Um, and it's, it is like really like, um, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to objectify me, then, um, let me kind of take stock of myself as an object. <laughs> and like, um, then, uh, and it's like, you know, it's like, if, if you're going to objectify me, then redeem me, yeah. right? <laughs> um, in one way or another another right and and again it just it kind of puts it out there um and there's there's kind of these tensions there right it doesn't resolve the tensions um but it's it's kind of um the these kinds of uh the the levels of irony and kind of slippage between these modes of discourse um are are right there and and are there to be kind of worked through yeah i mean to to me it's about like i i guess this sort of thing of like a double bind or a multiple bind is an interesting Mm -hmm 
thing like is mm-hmm. an interesting thing that it's not i mean it's a it's a it's a problem statement really more than it is like uh uh more than it is something that has a um uh, more than it is something that offers yeah. like a, a program or a solution um yeah. and that like uh it's an illustration of of a problem and that uh, i you know i don't know it's, it's one of those that like really opens it up the more it opens itself up the more you go into it you know and it was yeah. uh it was what uh on the hot 100 it peaked this the single criminal peaked at at 21 so it obviously uh it obviously uh, you know caught fire with people and and i think it's actually interesting i i even though this album was from 96 um criminal actually started to break uh exactly 20 years ago so it was actually 97 when this when this broke so and it wasn't even the first single off of the album um so it's kind of this and it's good even though it was purposed as the single um it, it uh, was released as the third uh the third single off the album um so it's it's kind of interesting you know an- another one that i wanted to talk about yeah um, that maybe offers a little more of of some kind of a solution and does some of these kinds of interesting lyrical things that we've been pointing out um, is the opening track is Sleep to Dream, sure. um, which we talked about a little bit. Um, and I think especially, you know, insofar as the, the like as we were talking about some of these layers of irony and kind of modes of kind of symbolism um and criminal i I've, i was coming back to this uh the chorus of sleep to dream which i was kind of turning over in my mind again and again as i was listening to this right it's the i got my feet on the ground and i don't go to sleep to dream and i i love this line because it's saying two things at once right one is like um and 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 i think that it leans towards one of them but i think they're both here right so when i say i don't go to sleep to dream that means that to dream, I don't need to go to sleep, right? I can I can dream um, while waking, um, but it is also I don't go to sleep for the purpose of dreaming. I go to sleep for the purpose of sleeping, right? And so this kind of disaggregation of sleep and dream is very very interesting, right? Um, and it's and I, I think it speaks to it, especially in terms of offering. Um, a program. It is this program of weirdly kind of, you know, lucid, like lucid, uh, but clear sleeping, right? Kind of like, like restful sleeping um, and, and, and waking dreams, right? And, uh, and, and again, and what that is um, contrast with, right? I got my feet on the ground. Uh, I don't go to sleep to dream. Um, the next couple it is you got your head in the clouds. Uh, you're not all at, at all what you seem. Um, and so, and and I think that that again, um, I, I don't know. I think this idea of you know uh, of the, of these dichotomies, but somewhat fluid um, boundaries between kind of pragmatism and realism of kind of being having your feet on the ground, um, and and um, when one is not dreaming, uh, and and juxtaposed with someone, um, the you whose head is in the clouds, right, and who is who is kind of disengaged um, and not like appreciating or recognizing, um, and so that there is this kind of um, um, there is this kind of, I don't know, brash, self-assured realism here. Um, and again, I think this was the specific song that Kanye um, really liked because it gave this sense of of singing from the top of a mountain, right? And, and of kind of, uh, of, of, of pro- projecting the, a kind of um, 
defiance and it's it's a less of a kind of i mean i guess i don't know um it's it's a slightly different persona that is projected on criminal i think um or, or yeah this or is this, no i mean yeah. i i feel like this is more i feel like this is sort of more self-assured and it's a little right. more because there's a uh there's a condemnation that is sort of unequivocal uh right. in in this song um that that is not in criminal i mean i, th- I think there is a condemnation in criminal but i think you have to kind of dig to to layers right but i didn't think there was another layer of irony here i mean yeah, I, I, no, 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 it's, I, I, I think it's a, I, well okay interesting so, what yeah, do you right. make what do you make of the bridge this is like the the in the in the middle of this thing there's this kind of bridge it departs melodically and in, in terms of texture from from what's been going on uh and she sings don't make it a big deal don't be so sensitive we're not playing a game anymore you don't have to be so defensive right which is uh it's just unlike anything else in in the song in terms of like the the uh stance of the persona um the uh yeah, the the melody the the instrumentation you know where it fits where it fits in the song it's like it's like this this i so i have a theory about what's going on here but i i'm just like how does it strike you well, I mean, I, uh, first of all, what it really struck me is, I mean, I love a good kind of, you know, I love some good wordplay. And uh, and and so uh, I, I kind of giggled with glee at not playing a game. You don't have to be so defensive um, because games are places where you are defensive, right? Um, a soccer game, uh, uh, a, a chess game, um, a chess match. Uh, and, and so a, a, a uh, and so I, I love the idea of kind of being defensive um, in the context of a, of a fight as being a sign of playing a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. And, and so it's like, just be, so don't be defensive. So I mean, the question is then if you're not going to be defensive, should you be offensive? <laughs> <laughs> cause right. Cause what comes right after this, right. When the verse comes back in, um, it's, it, it is then, don't don't you plead me your case. Don't bother to explain. Don't even show me your face because it's a crying shame. Just go back to the rock fr- from under which you came. Take the sorrow you gave and all the stakes you claim and don't forget the blame. Man, it's like Biggie, right? Like, yeah. like, like the rhymes is just like, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's just, I mean, this is this is one of the, the better rap songs of the late 90s. <laughs> um, I have a theory. Right. I have a theory theory about this bridge this is what i think yeah. i think i think that she's doing a na 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 voice uh, uh yep and she is repeating back to the, the to the relationship guy things yeah, that yeah. she's heard from him all the time, right? Yeah, like you yep. know that these are stock lines of yep. his yep. that yep. She, that got hammered on her, and now yep. now that she is laying down the law, right? She's repeat she's repeating them back, like, "Hey, take your own," and that there is a sense of like, "Hey, take your own medicine." Uh, yeah. To, yep. here to to this bridge and to and that like that's the sort of ironic piece you know what i mean it, it, to me like because it's not um it yep. because it's not straight it doesn't create meaning in a straightforward way uh, absolutely yeah. well i think what's also then awesome though is then that that kind of is that, that underlines the kind of reading of going back from the bridge back to the verse is that it's like no she doesn't have to be defensive because she is being offensive right the best 
the best the the best emotional defense is a good emotional offense, right? Um, and and it's just like because it really reminds me as a song. It's funny because we'll we'll get to and I think we should get to shadow boxer. Um, but like I mean that's the thing about shadow boxing is that it's practice. Um, and so this is this just opens with the fight, right? And and that there is um, in the move from the bridge back to the verses. It really reminds me of boxing, of, of someone who is just landing blow after blow. Um, and then the bridge is this moment where 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 she's kind of taunting her opponent, right? Uh, and is back and is floating and is egging on and is trying to get uh, get there to be um, a a kind of um, an, an assault that 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 lets guard down and then goes right back in, right? And again, the percussiveness um, of of the of the track, I think really um hammers that home right i mean this 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 could really be a song um right that you could go and punch punch a bag to right um uh, uh, because it really is it just it bangs right it just really it, it is uh, up there uh with it, it could because of the space i think right because uh, the the tempo clocks in at um uh 74 beats per minute right um and and, and uh, on the uh, on your on your clicks and 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 that you get the really distinct syncopation um, in the track and then um, at the on the high end the kind of hi hats are on the sixteenth notes right but because the um, beat is slow the the sixteenth notes are not that fast right yeah. these are not these aren't disco drum beat sixteenth notes right that you even feel the space between the sixteenth notes that even that fast let's see it's doom cha to do doom cha i'm not getting it quite right yeah 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 and not it's not a 16th note like no it's already slowed down right and so that's why you already that's why it already feels it feels like a disco song that is so that is already gotten the chopped and screwed playing at the wrong rpm treatment right um and and so that's why like some ways even though you know that it feels way too slow when you accidentally play your vinyl at the wrong speed of this album uh the the overall approach of it of it of being a track slowed down um and and both slowed down and punched up kind of made to boom um more expansively um is is there right um, yeah. and, and it, 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 there's a sense of deliberateness uh yeah it so it was poetically appropriate um right. <laughs> to <laughs> to get the 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 uh to put the record on the at the um at the wrong speed we should talk about we should talk about shadow boxer i mean it was the other it's another high point it it was another um it was another single but uh can we talk for a second about about some some of the some of the slower less um you know i don't know uh, some of the the slower and kind of less hooky sort of songs on this like yes but only only because tft punk correspondent rachel d is not here uh and, and she, oh, wishes she could be here she she loves this record um but you know uh you know hashtag no slow songs uh is 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 her motto but um you know uh when the punk correspondent uh is away the the chill mice will play the emo, uh, yeah exactly the emo <laughs> mice will play but the, the um uh, is it interesting i thought that 
that uh, that punk correspondent Rachel D's motto was no downer music, and that no, it's all she loves downer music. <laughs> right, it's, that's exactly that's that was the point I was going to make. Right, it, it, it can be downer emotionally, but not downer tempo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what are what are your what are what are the uh, the the kind of more ballady or slow t- lower tempo ones well, that things, really grab well, you? Thing, like, sullen girl is is sort of about a response to trauma, like an actual mm-hmm. sort of horrible mm-hmm. thing that happened to biographical uh, detail when, as a very young girl, she was raped, and the, and you know, without necessarily wading into that, I, I think that there's an interesting kind of nineties thing about about the response to trauma because like Mm. the idea that like is that why they call me a sullen girl sort of there there's a sort can you can you imagine someone saying that today right like i feel like i feel like this the maybe it's a sign of progress or maybe just a sign of change that the the sort of social discourse around um around traumas that rhyme with with systems of disadvantage like you know like misogyny and sexism right like is uh, the appropriate response is is protest or to sort of tell the dominant order that it's fucked mm. up right like and that's mm. not everyone has an opportunity to do that not everyone is is exactly is able to do that but i feel like it's it's more a part of our everyday you know than it is than it than it would be someone worrying about and sort of ruminating about um about whether they are you know uh right wh- whether they sort of fit the mold you know, fit the mold still, right? Like there, there was a sort of, um, there, there's a, and, and it's not, you know, it's not clear whether any one point of this is like right or wrong or good or better. Uh, but the, the, there's a different relationship between sort of the, uh, failing to meet one's social role and one's feeling about one's feeling about the society in this song that, you know, that, that sticks out to me as, as, um, unlike a lot of the music of today that deals with, uh, that deals with, um, various kinds of oppression. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and, and I think at the same time, I mean, it's, I, I think what's very interesting about it is that it is really, rather than like stating a claim of this is how one should react, right? It's not even really operating in a normative discourse, right? It's, it's kind of capturing a moment of this is where I am. Right. And this is like what I am experienced because experiencing because of this trauma. Right. And, and, and I think what is, makes it very affecting is this, right. Is, is, is even the way that it's being um, kind of posed as a question, right. Is that why they call me a sullen girl, um, uh, sullen girl. Right. And it's, they don't know. I used to sail the deep and tranquil sea, but he watched me ashore. Um, uh, and he took my pearl and left an empty shell of me. Um, and that feeling, I mean, it is interesting because it's, it's, and I've, I've read, um, there, there's a very good kind of retrospective review, um, on, on Pitchfork by Jen Pelly. Um, and, and so Pitchfork does these great things where I think it's on Sundays. Typically they put, they publish a review of a article that doesn't necessarily, or of a album that doesn't necessarily have an anniversary. It's just a kind of classic album. And it's usually a longer form, just kind of essay on the, um, uh, on the album. And, um, and definitely, uh, she, she writes about, 
um, uh, about the experience of listening to this album as a as a teenager and as as a teenage girl, and and kind of also kind of hones in a bit on this song and also on actually a bunch of the slower songs. Interestingly, um, I think uh, "Slow Like Honey" as well, um, "Never as a is a promise" as well, and about these kinds of you know what the this kind of lived experience that it that it conveys. Um, and again, it's not necessarily even really either universalizing of a, this is what everyone who experiences this goes through um, or this is what one ought to do or, or share. But it is just it, there is I mean, and again, it's in terms of, you know, our one of our questions you know, we, 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 we one of our, our central questions um, uh, of, of this entire kind of music podcast is about authenticity and for realness. And I, I think that there's something about this um, and, and the mode of songwriting and the modes of expression and the modes of kind of addressing this, the um, the subject matter that even the like that, that kind of build on and very much put in play the the kind of notions of um for realness and authenticity that that become very the the concern make that a relevant trolling question um by the by the early 2000s or the late early 2000s or the early teen thousands right um you know the, by the time we are recording and kind of thinking about late indie um you know it's already become a joke to kind of think about the for realness and the indiness um and the and, and, and authenticity. But I think that um, building on the ground that had been covered in the 90s, both in terms of kind of alternative rock um, and in terms of um, singer-songwriter music, um, and then uh, what is starting to go uh, on in other kind of corners of, of indie, that, that there is just something, you know, that the, the, the this kind of being kind of poetic and personal without being kind of proto live journal <laughs> yes 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 that's exactly it that's exactly it you're and and you know what it is i'm i'm sort of like zeroing in on what what struck me and why i wanted to kind of pick at the scab in this song a little bit it's it's about a non-networked self you know right. and that's right. right and that's like that's maybe what's what's odd about it and it's not necessarily about kind of a particular expression of of femininity or a particular kind of relationship to patriarchy it's about a different model of selfhood yep. that yep. seems um that you know that that is kind of lost that's uh, that's almost kind of that's almost yeah. kind of quaint uh because yeah. we feel well, and like it's also it's also one it. of the last expressions of that right um yes, exactly because it's like well like i was thinking about this right 96 i mean it's right that's right around when we were getting our first like you know my family was getting its first um america online yeah, demo disc sure, exactly. right um and 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 i and i had my first you know i i, I must have made my first screen name sometime around that time right and and having these first kinds of mediated uh, uh, production of the self, right? And this is like, right? This is why, you know, in some ways, um, and 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 so this is this like, and and why this kind of the this kind of the age, um, and the age that you, me, and and Fiona Apple were, um, at, in in you know ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, you know, in the period uh, and, and up through ninety seven, the period of kind of the conceiving of this album, um, recording of it, and then it and then it becoming quite popular, are the 
periods where one is, you know, and, and it's, it's really interesting to think that she's just on the other side of that threshold of becoming kind of, um, a teenager really before, um, that kind of mode of kind of network mediated teenagerdom is coming into effect. And I'm, uh, and you're kind of probably right in the middle. Um, and I'm just on the other side of that threshold. Uh, and, and it's why I'm an old millennial. Yeah. <laughs> and, or, and the, you, or like yeah, a very young. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is a generational taint between, between, uh, uh, what got called generation X and what gets called millennials today. And no, like, exactly. And, and it and stretches, I, I, yeah, it stretches from Fiona Apple through me to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why, that's why we feel this kinship. We're just like Fiona Apple in that respect, you know? Um, but there's, I, in that, even just in that, the sort of the, the um so there's sort of two there's sort of two things lyrically in that song one is like being sullen and one is it's calm under the waves in the blue of my uh in the blue of my oblivion they're both sort of rejections of sociability a little bit right and uh there there it's it is sort of i mean forgive me it's anti-social media right uh and right. that's uh um that's that's interesting and there, there's also in even uh, another slow song uh, never is a promise um never is a promise is about a sort of uh is about an encounter with the sublime a little bit um cuz there's a, there's just a lot of talk about like heights and uh swelling and stretching greater heights um the heat of this soul, uh, my fer- my fever burns me deeper than I've ever shown to you. There, there's this sense of like uh, this uh, capital R romantic kind of profound experience or sort of very, uh, you know, very deeply compelling, very deeply affecting um, personal knowledge of the world of emotions of, you know, um, this sort of thing. Uh, and and the the sadness is that and there's kind of a sadness in that it can't be shared, right? It sort of can't be the the sublime vision can't be Instagrammed, you know. It can't be um, uh, put across to another person. And and even though uh, in this particular song, it seems like the other person um, is just incapable of of communion, right? Uh, is just not on her level. Um, there, there also is something to, there also is something to the idea that like it is getting at a level, it is getting at a, a sort of pre-networked level of experience and a sort of, um, and and an encounter, an encounter with the self and with kind of, uh, with kind of various levels of ultimate truth that that is only possible when you don't. You, 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 when the world is a little smaller, you know, when you can't get to every, when you can't kind of connect to everybody. I think that, that the other thing that, that this song, um, uh, kind of hooks into and and also kind of connects you kind of some of the larger themes of the whole album is is kind of there in the title of the album itself of title and of being right because in in kind of thinking of things as being title in addition to being kind of ebbing and flowing and right and that kind of um 
connecting to some of the lyrics in the song that you mentioned about, you know, about um, about things that are undulating, right, and and things that are swelling and stretching. Um, that those that 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 kind of is very much of a piece with um, with with tidalness. But I think that the other thing about the tides, right, is that they are affected by an outside body, right, right. That that the tides are affected by by the moon, right, um, and that there are these pools of the moon, um, and that that kind of from the point of view of the tides or from someone watching the tides, they're moved kind of mysteriously and by, by unseen forces, right? And to see the, 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 the kind of what is causing the tides, you have to zoom out to another level of abstraction. Um, and, and that kind of, I, I think that, that those types of, these types of pulls and, and pushes um, that are, are, felt but not fully kind of examined at that higher level is also a product of this kind of mode of of kind of reflecting on the self and the self in society where there's there's a there's an awareness of of these kind of socialized pressures um and and kind of um and, and these kind of embedded relationships and, and a situated self but that it is it is not as crystallized right you can't just um, pop up your 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 network map right um and or or your snapchat story um or your or your various feeds and seeing where you are with respect to everything um and um and 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 kind of articulate that in that way, um, right? You know, and 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 right the uh, and and instead you just have a sense of these things and have to get at them. I mean, in that way, to use another, um, you know, a, another kind of astronomy metaphor, right? That you have to get at it on indirectly, kind of like um, an, an eclipse, right? One of the little eclipse boxes where you poke the hole in the foil and and look at the shadow of the eclipse. Yeah. Um, um, and then, and and so by through indir- through indirect examination, you're able to see that it is there. It's I mean just to bring up a a another uh, TFT sort of theme, uh, the theme of structure versus agency. It yeah. seems like a lot of the thinking about the self in society today is systems thinking, right? Is very yeah. much about structure, yep. and that yeah. this album is a lot more about agency, right? Mm-hmm. And is not mm-hmm. is not necessarily concerned with with structure, right? Like the the structure of the um yeah. the structures of the the kind of the forces operating on the self are not necessarily uh the the focus here it's more the kind mm. of the it's more the the effect on yeah. uh, on the you know the self and its uh the self and its experience and the, uh, yeah. you know and this maybe brings us to to shadow boxers we went Absolutely. down which is yeah. that like you know the idea of a shadow the idea of shadow boxing right like you know i don't know the idea of a shadow right like being yep. an effect with a cause but that but that you know uh like it's a shadow of me but it there's a still further cause because there's a light casting the shadow and that's a um uh that that's a thing right like and and the idea that, uh, in the song like literally is uh is you know she's talking to it's a it's about a relationship it's about a lover or a you know a romance or something and like the the uh um 
she becomes a shadow boxer uh, in self defense against the the you know the the d- emotionally damaging lover right like the the um yeah. someone who's someone who's kind of lying in wait i don't know when you're going to make your move right and that like I- i'm a shadow boxer because i want to be ready for what you do so like i'm in emotional training right like right. is the is the uh is the idea um but it's also like i'm not fighting i'm fake fighting cuz uh, you know, because I know I might need to fight for real one day. Yeah, well, I think it's like a little it's it's I, I think it's working in two ways. Right. So one is that the shadow boxing is training, right? It's kind of referring to the practice of kind of fighting your shadow um, as a way of kind of sparring and practicing your moves. Um, and, and in that sense, it's, um, you know, that again, Fiona Apple, got to talk about the uh, intended or unintended connections to hip hop um, that from right around the same time uh, from 1995, uh, uh, the Wu-Tang Clan's Jizz on liquid swords also has a song called shadow boxing right uh and uh and and it actually starts with a um right that the a, a a a um kung fu movie sample um that is you know the special technique of shadow boxing um and and that's and, and so in 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 shadow boxing, the song itself right is a is a rap workout that is is um, you know Jizza and uh, and Method Man showing off their virtuosity right and 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 they're the the shadow boxing is the rap technique itself. I think something that's kind of happening in so I think again there's I think there's kind of two levels in um, Fiona Apple's shadow boxer right so one is the the level in which she is the shadow boxing is preparing. Um, is, is preparation is kind of emotional um, combat training. Um, but then I think that there's the other level is that I, I think the 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 lover, the the kind of other kind of person in the relationship is already a shadow, right? And she's already right. You made me a shadow boxer. Um, is also this sense of I'm already fighting the shadow, and you are the shadow huh. because you. Right. And, and I guess it makes me think um, and kind of a shout out to uh, uh, overthinking it's Pete Fenzel, who uh, recently did a solo um, members only podcast on Zelda. So my favorite Zelda, it was Zelda two. Um, and, and the, the final boss of Zelda two, um, you fight your own shadow. Right. Uh, and, 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 and I never beat it. I, it's the only, the closest I've come to beating a video game and I did not beat it um, because I could not, cause it's very, I think the thing, about fighting your shadow in that context is that it is you it is a kind of projection of you and it is it is harder to see harder to anticipate um mirroring you directly um and is kind of not this thing itself right and so i I think that some of these elements of fighting a shadow um are are there um and and it kind of again connects actually back even to i mean we uh to what we were talking about in sleep to dream right and this idea of of kind of defense and offense um and 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 because this is a sense where like the when you are fighting a shadow it's it's a lot right this is this is a shadow that can hurt you right like like the like the final boss of um of of zelda 2 for for the for the nintendo um and and so that's i i think that i i kind of read that second meaning there right um of the you that the um um, right, and it's it's even there, right? It's that that 
um, you know, that these not really right. It's, it's there in the first verse, right? You creep up like the clouds uh, and you set my soul at ease. Um, then you let your love abound and you bring me to my knees. Right. And so that that is already I mean, that's already using the shadow technique, right? The special technique of shadow boxing, <laughs> of emotional shadow boxing. <laughs> um, that, those are my kung fu noises. Um, and, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's like, you don't just, um, you, you don't just sh- uh, train at shadow boxing to be ready to fight people, but sometimes you train at shadow boxing so that you can fight shadows mm-hmm. right? and, and fight these kind of, um, people with hidden motives and, and who, who don't even seem to be relating or caring, um, and who are, who are kind of who are clouded, right? Whose motives and and intentions are are cloudy and opaque. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to leave uh, the special technique of podcasting. This has been a great discussion on on title. We hope you enjoy the album as well. Tell us what you think of it. Uh, Twitter at TFT Podcast, Facebook, Theory for Turntables, or on the comments on the show notes for this episode. We, uh, you know, the march through the 90s continues. We'll be back next week. Uh, Until then, please keep it real.